Howl at the Moon Wolf Pack. It's the Digital Wolf Podcast with Jessica, Shelby, and Moose. Now kicking off this episode, here's Moose. This episode of Digital Wolf Podcast is brought to you by Sutton's Borough of Rochester and as always by WROI Giant FM. Welcome to another episode of Digital Wolf Podcast. Today we have a special guest, Jackie Johnson. Tell us, Jackie, what do you do? Oh, well, um, I own and operate Tidewater Executive Tax Service here in town. Been doing that for about 26 years. Um, among other things, we also um, own a venue here, Bell Chase Party Venue on downtown Main Street. And I'm also the CEO and founder of Fulton County Pack a Backpack. So yeah. I'm a jack of all trades. Get it, Jackie, jack of all oh. trades. Oh. There you go. Man, <laughs> love it. Well, in the in the magazine, she has Bell Chase and then Tidewaters. We called it Chasing the Tides. That was awesome. Oh, oh my I gosh. That was probably my favorite it. title. Of that yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> that was good, wasn't it? Was it was good. Very I know. Good. Thank you. Nice play on the words. <laughs> yeah, so, um, you know, you told us before um, with the magazine that you had some experience traveling with uh, Jeff when he was in the military. Mm-hmm. So that's how you started to get into, like, the tax prepping. Did you work for different companies that were into tax? Like, yeah. Or, or tax companies, I guess. Well, I've always club. been an accountant or a bookkeeper, no matter where I went. So okay. started out at 18, you know, mm. doing the books for Winn-Dixie. I don't know if you guys know Mm-mm. or heard of that store. I was going to no. say, yeah, the Southern, Southern store. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's always been in my blood. The, But every time my husband transferred, I had to quit my job and mm. I would have to start all over. You know, and no matter what experience I had, I was kind of the low man on the totem pole. So that was kind of frustrating. So I decided to get into tax because I could just always do that wherever we went. And mm-hmm. um, so when we were at Cherry Point, North Carolina, I took an income tax course and started doing taxes for military personnel and oh, okay. mo- 90% military personnel. Most of them, uh, th- you had about 10% that weren't in the military in that little town. But hmm. the amazing thing when I came to Indiana was my first farmer's return. There's no farmers, you know, <laughs> where we went. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. I actually had to go back and take courses um, for farmers, you know, because oh, I didn't understand all different. the terms. Yeah. And sometimes they would put things on their expense register and I'm like, or their expense sheet. And I'm like, what is that? <laughs> so right. Indiana was a great experience for me. I learned a lot when my first year here. Um so when did you move to Indiana? 1995. 90, yeah, 95. Because you ended up, you started the business out of your house, too, like eventually once you guys got settled here, right, for a while? Yeah, I, I did interview for a couple firms in town, and then I just decided um, I was trained by an amazing guy. I had an amazing mentor in North Carolina, and... No offense to the people that interviewed me, but they just didn't meet his expectations. Oh, I follow that. So I, I get that. I decided, you know what, I'm just going to do it on my own. In my first year, I had 50 clients, but one of my clients had a big mess. He was three years behind. No, he wasn't three years behind. He had filed his taxes, but he asked me to look at them. He said it, they didn't seem right. And I looked back, and they were not right. Well, within <laughs> three years, I got him a refund that totaled net, the three years were netted, of $16,000. Wow. So that man just took it and ran with it. So the next year, I went from 50 to 300 clients. Oh, wow. Yeah. Is that when you moved to 
the shop here? No, or? I, I was still operated it in my house. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. I'm, I operated it in my house until I think 2001. Once I reached 750 clients, mm-hmm. that was a, that was too many people coming oh. in and out of the house. Sure. You always have to keep your bathroom clean. With yeah. three kids, <laughs> that was a little tough. Yeah. <laughs> and you got, you know, random people walking into your house. Yeah. Like, I'm sure some you were comfortable with. But yeah. Well, I actually had an office. It was separate. So That's they funny. couldn't um, really... Go wandering around and yeah. <laughs> grabbing themselves a grab <laughs> yeah. cup of orange juice or nothing while they're waiting. Make yourself a sandwich, you're fine. The cheese in your fridge is a little moldy, but <laughs> yeah, judging your food. <laughs> Come downstairs with a plate of food. Where'd you get that at? Your kitchen. Oh, okay. Some of that. You told me to make myself at home. <laughs> leftovers are great. We spaghetti's awesome. Well, my youngest daughter, Emily, she um, used to play underneath my desk. I had a huge, ginormous desk, and she would fall asleep there. So she was on two or three. Clients would come in, and they had no idea I had a child underneath my desk. And she'd pop up and steal the (laughs) crap out of clients that were sitting there. They're like, oh, my gosh, where'd she come? Oh, she's been sleeping there for two hours. That's so funny. Yeah. Um, I just lost my train of thought. (laughs) Oh, okay. So tell us a little bit more about uh, the venue, the Bell Chase venue, and how how the name came and um, kind of what kind of venue or events you hold there. Um, well, that building is on the corner of 5th and Main, and it was almost a condemned building, but my husband um, and I bought it, and he gutted it, and he restored it. We rented it to a couple commercial um, renters, but, you know, you never know if your business is going to make it or not. So when they didn't make it, we would have to redo what mm-hmm. they had done to get it ready for the next uh-huh. renter. So we decided we would just start a venue we didn't know how well it would go but it's been going very well um so we named it bell chase party venue because my husband was stationed in bell chase um naval air station base and that's out right outside of new orleans okay and we um met there and that's where we got married oh nice so okay a lot of people want to say bell chassis because when you're yeah. when you look at it but it's actually bell chase mm-hmm. so that's where the name came from yeah. But it's an awesome place. It's yours for the day. So when you call up and you want to rent it, I don't rent it to you for two hours. Only because I don't want to go and clean it, you know, and then get it ready for someone else yeah. for that day. Yeah. So it's all self-serve. You do it all online. I send you a door code. You don't even see me. You clean it. You set it up. You get it at 530 in the morning and you lock it up by 10 p.m. at night and you just use the building for the day. And people hmm. love that. There's Wi-Fi and TVs and a little sitting area mm-hmm. to make it a little, you know, so you can sit down and actually, like, in a family area. Yeah. So, it's so nice. and the, it has a kitchen. What are some of the things people can do in there? I mean, what what events have you had held in um, there, I guess would be the way to word that. Baby showers, um, wedding, bridal showers. Okay. It's, it's, I don't think it's big enough for an actual wedding. Maybe if you're going to have maybe 75 guests, but for an actual wedding, I wouldn't think you would want that. There's people out there that get married that have more than 75 people at their wedding? Most, I feel like. Over 100. They do. Shows you what I know about that. If I get married, there's going to be me and my future ex-wife, and that's going to be it. (laughs) That's called right across the street at the courthouse. There you go. Wow. Um, So, and then, oh, and we have some, gosh, I want to say the name of the yoga. Bad Dog Yoga. Bad Dog Yoga. They use that building two or three times a, a mm-hmm. week. So 
You just go. It's been amazing. You, Thank oh, have you. you been yes, I've been going once a week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. It's amazing. So yes, they use it, and oh, and then Tidewater uses it for continuing education. Mm -hmm. I thought that it would be a bigger hit with businesses, maybe holding some conferences there, but I really haven't had a big hit on that. Mm -hmm. But it's some, available. Sure. Okay. You've had some markets, right? Um, what was that? The Black Friday. Yeah, that was a while oh, ago. Yeah, the vendor. Yeah, that was neat. I can see that. Going Those well were again. fun. Yeah, I thought that would be, um, be a bigger turnout. Like I had so many vendors who showed up. I know, but yeah. the customer base wasn't there. Mm -hmm. um, I thought that since it was the day after Thanksgiving, Black Friday. Yeah. Were you there that I day? I was. Yeah. I think we might have had maybe fifty people come in the mm -hmm. whole day, which is great. I mean, fifty is better than none. But I sure. was wanting like five hundred. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then I heard, what, was there a game game day there or something? Board yeah, games. Josh uh, Zayner. Zayner, yeah. yeah. Okay. He had it one time for um, his gaming events. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so there's all kinds of possibilities of so things you can have going flexible on Flexible in what its uses yeah. can be used. And you can cater or you can uh, go in and cook, it, cook yourself because oh, yeah. there's a full kitchen mm -hmm. there. Uh, so there's two sides that we can, you can rent the whole building for one price, which is more or if you don't want to pay that much, you can just rent the large side. You have to cater to that one because there's no kitchen available. Gotcha. Or you rent the small side with the kitchen and then you can cook. Yeah. So a lot of people just will do one side to save money on the complete full building. Okay. Hmm. And then do you hold the pack of backpack there or do you do it at the Tidewater? Um, the donations and everything's dropped off at Tidewater, but we actually hold the event at Bell Chase because we have more room. We used to hold that event at Tidewater, and um, we couldn't fit all the people. Oh, wow. And, you know, the very last time we held it there, it was too crowded. Okay. The air conditioning wasn't even keeping up. It was like 80, and we had it set at 60. Everybody's body heats are yeah, just like, heating it up. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was way before Corona. Yeah. <laughs> well, we can yeah. actually be around Back each other. Back when you could talk to people and be yeah. around yeah. people. Oh, 500. Come on in. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's crazy talk now. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, so, oh, so tell us a little bit more about the uh, the Fulton County pa ca Fulton County. Pack, pack a backpack. Pack. I know. It is a tongue, t um, <laughs> tongue, tongue twister. twister. <laughs> yeah. Tongue twister. You got me a little twister. nervous on pronouncing my words because I had to stand there <laughs> earlier. And I'm like, oh, he's going to judge me. No. no. <laughs> he just likes to give everybody a hard time. Only in spelling. <laughs> uh -oh. Well, you know, there is spell check. <laughs> People don't use it, clearly. <laughs> Have you not seen Facebook comments? <laughs> I don't know how because with autocorrect, I don't know how people misuse their words so bad because there is spell check. Yeah, I'm done. Move on. Carry <laughs> on. Well, Fulton County Pack a Backpack I started in 2006, but I incorporated it and we became a 501c3. I, I could be wrong on this year. I want to say That's 12, right. 2012. <laughs> um, so we could get you know so we could apply for grants and. Now, United Way and the Fulton County Community Foundation, they all step in and they help us. And mm -hmm. it's just amazing. Last year, we gave 650-some backpacks full of school supplies. Aww. And we fill them to the list of the school. So it's time-consuming. Mm -hmm. We do all the shopping. And then we get the list from Valley. Because if, if your child resides in Fulton County, they can go to Valley. They can go to Rochester, mm -hmm. Caston, and some Argus. Wow. So you bring your list in, you reside in Fulton County, and we fill it to that list. Well, 
until we run out of supplies. Sure. And when is, when does all that donation happen? Was there an event recently? Um, or yeah. hasn't that, hap- okay. that happens every year. We um, distribute the beginning, the first week in August. School but year. we take donations all year. We okay. never turn okay. down a donation ever. And then we were doing the um, coat drive. Oh, yeah, that's what But we partnered up with the uh, Outlet Youth Center. Mm. And they just have more room to store all the coats. Okay. And so now we'll still take your coats at Tidewater, mm-hmm. but then we just take them on down to the youth center, and now they're going to um, distribute distribute them. But we will still take money through Fulton County Pack a Backpack and hand it over to them. So okay. we've got, like the other day, someone sent us a $200 check oh, but nice. it was just for the coat. So we made sure the youth center got that. Gotcha. Okay. So or wait a minute, maybe Jessica went and bought coats, and then she's taking them down there. One, of, okay. one way or another, if they allocate it to the coat drive, we'll give that money to the youth center. Okay. That's wonderful. Have you, did you see more of a need uh, this school year with, with COVID? I mean, even though we're, we're having a, an odd school year and obviously the last school year ended strangely, everything being virtual, but are, did you still see quite a need for the help with, in the help, the backpack program? I did. And I was curious, you, curious when we first started all of that, you know, how many people were actually going to need our assistance? Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of people thought we were just going to go virtual learning but the schools came out with a supply list and they wanted them filled and of course we filled them even the even homeschool kids will even give them school supplies so whether they were virtual learning homeschool or actually went to wow. physical school we they still came was there a was there a difference even the, on the homeschooling and the e-learning are they still doing some physical homework to some extent i mean are they cuz i'm out of the loop i mean are they are they doing that? Mm-hmm. Okay. My sister's, um, well, my niece, she does virtual learning, and every day she has to zoom in to class and take. Um, do they do everything on like the computer, or can they? Is it is there any type of paperwork at all? Like, is that what I you think meant? it's like, all there... on the computer? I is think it? it's okay. pretty much iPad based. I think it's iPad. Yeah, I'm not know. sure. I don't have. I mean, any... it makes sense. I just it's still so weird to me. Because, I mean, I, I graduated in 98, so I, you know, these kids and iPads and all this. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you yeah. know, what, it's still a, 1990. What's a piece of paper? Yeah, because <laughs> it's still 1993 for me in, in a lot of my schooling. And I'm, I don't know. It's it's amazing how quickly things have changed from when I was 13 compared to well, what I the 13-year-olds now are doing. I went to write a letter for a 10-year-old, and I was writing it in cursive. And I'm like, oh. Maybe she can't read this. Probably not. So I stopped and then printed it. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, that's not, but not, I would no. have never thought, yeah. that thought would have not, not even entered my mind seven to ten years ago. I know. Wow. Yeah. It's amazing how quickly that stuff. And, and, and I know talking to some other parents where some of the kids have embraced the e-learning. But to me, I would, if, if I were forced to be in that environment, would struggle with it significantly because I, and again, I'm going off of how I was taught, but in this, in the classroom, the interaction, the teachers, the students asking questions, I, we were just talking about this in the, on, on the last uh, episode of the, of the podcast was the disconnect that's going on sometimes with, with, with all of this virtual learning and these, and, and what's happening, but I, I would want to be in that classroom and right. I would struggle with it. And I have ran into some parents and talked to some that their kids were A and B students and now they're C's and D's that yeah, struggled with it. And then 
I've ran into the opposite. They did terrible in the classroom, but they're doing great at home. Right. So it kind of shows what kind of learner they are, though. Exactly. If they are not doing as you know, if some people are visual learners or like need to be like instructed, other people can just sit and read themselves and figure out how to do stuff and go through. It's amazing process. how much stuff has changed from the nineties. I know. <laughs> I know it wow. is crazy, and it only was twenty five years ago. And I mean, it's just even even twenty years ago, fifteen years ago. It's amazing how much has changed. So so much has changed. I graduated in 87, so it was crazy. You could actually, at the high school I went to in um, Florida, I went to Oak Ridge High School, and they had a smoking section for for the students. If you were 18, you could smoke Well, there. I remember That's, the teacher yeah. smoking in the lounge when, yeah. I was in, when I was in grade school because I remember that being That's a whole wild. thing because they would try. there was a handful of teachers that tried to hide it. Yeah. This is at Bryan Elementary in Lexington, Nebraska, but I remember like, Ooh, Miss Underwood's in there smoking. It was a whole big thing, but they were smoking. Can you imagine that now? They I mean, now the they've door. got all these devices in the bathroom that catch that can like sense smoke or something, <laughs> oh, and gosh, it yeah. sends yeah. an alert out. There's something that one of the I think uh, one of the, the, res- in the girls room. The resource officer was talking about <laughs> the it, but room. they've but the kids because they're savvy, they figured out a way to get around all this stuff. Oh, sure. They can they can get they can do whatever and get around it. I've got a uh, I have another part time job. And my boss um, is involved with the with the media program up there in Warsaw. They've had more than one student hack into the system, change grades, the stuff that like Ferris Bueller did. Oh my gosh! Wow. Yeah, and these smart. kids, and they've got like all <laughs> of the state. They got like all of the state of this art security up there. These kids kick back, crack it, no big deal. On school supplied stuff, yeah, and it is crazy. it's they catch them. Because, but, but yeah, it's crazy. Because, but, but this is what they're. I they're need to used hire to. that kid for my IT guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. Well, you- but I mean, think about all the malware out there. Somebody's <laughs> taking the time to write that code, mm-hmm. and I mean, and a lot of the times, talking to a, a couple of IT guys, I know Josh Shriver, for instance, here in town, works over at the uh, over the annex building, works for the county. I mean, you know, on a local level, when you hear about that stuff, it is the kid in his parents' basement. I mean, it is that cliche. But some of that really impressive, and I and I hate to use that adjective for it, but some of that really impressive malware that's out there. I mean, it's somebody sitting there writing code. That's what it's because they get they get so much security hit over there, and it's it's literally it's but it's malware on somebody's computer that acts as as they're they're trying to find a way to get through their firewall to get into that that lockdown data. But it's just somebody writing that code. It a lot of times over there they were talking about it comes from Russia, it comes from China. It really does, but you get these handful of instances where it's some local kid somewhere that's written something. But it's but but the but the amount of and I think the the thought that does go into it, you have to know what you're doing. I mean, it's super creative and, and neat to see stuff like this written, but sometimes the destructive nature of it, how far they can go. Yeah. What if you use that for good? Right. I like mean, Penelope, you know, on CSI. Oh my yeah. gosh. <laughs> <laughs> It's crazy what these kids know about this stuff. And it's just second nature. It's no big deal. I know. But I'm half the time trying to figure out, how do I get this to open? <laughs> I mean, you know. That would, take, that would take too much time for me, yeah. Yeah. To learn how to break into a system. I, yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> are, you doing, are you doing a lot of stuff uh, when it comes to uh, the, 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 uh, the Tidewater, the, the business part of it? How much are you doing everything now in, in, in a software-based universe? Yeah, I haven't. Um, our software company does allow our tax returns to go on a cloud, and the, you know they say it's secure. 
but I haven't allowed that yet. I still want to keep them on my server. Um, and everything is encrypted and you have to sign in and you have to, it's a three-step process to even get into the tax software alone. Mm -hmm. But um, they're like, oh, it's safe. Well, well, I'm not there yet. I'm because of that kid who's sitting in his basement. <laughs> oh, this software has a cloud. Let me see how much stuff. my mom and dad made. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm just not there yet. And they can crack that stuff anonymously. That's the other thing. They do that stuff. Always everybody says, well, you leave traces. But these guys figured out how to do that stuff through VPNs. And you don't know where they were coming from or yeah. what they're doing. They're sitting across the street, but the if you can figure out what the IP address is, it's in Sweden. But that's not where they're at because they're using VPNs. It's yep. it's pretty. Yeah, it's and I don't understand all of that. So that I do have an amazing IT guy that helps me to um, protect my server mm -hmm. and my system. But I'm just not my accounting software. You can it's cloud based too, mm -hmm. but I keep it all on my server because mm -hmm. we have over 150 bookkeeping and payroll clients and. I just delicate information. It is. Well, it's know. not even so much about what the dollar amount there is. It's it's the social security number. It's exactly. date of births. It's all these names. It is what you are. Everything. You're yeah. Everything. <laughs> Your whole life is. Yeah. And that's nerve wracking to think that that sure. could even get out there. Mm -hmm. So we we take extra precautions to protect yeah. um, our clients. On the positive side of that, as all these tax laws have changed, is that does the software update to reflect? Yes. Does that help? Thank Especially God. with the changes in the tax laws in the last four or five yes. years. Do you know, 20 years ago when the IRS opened up their e-file system, well, not even 20, I think you could first start e-filing in the early 90s. But anyway, when they first opened up their um, e-file system, you could submit a return by the 10th of January, sometimes even sooner. Now, it's all the way to the 24th to the end of January because they've got to make sure all the software is up to date. The programmers have to get, oh, on December 31st, Congress passed this. So now we've got to put that into the software and we didn't oh. have it in there in our November release. So uh, it's I, the developers, are, are they're amazing. I couldn't imagine doing their job. But, of course, it's our job to make sure that it's accurate. And we have found mistakes in our software you know, when we're actually preparing a return and we have to find a workaround until they actually fix it. Oh, wow. um, yeah. Last oh, year was one and I finally found the workaround in March. <laughs> it took me two months to find the oh, workaround. Wow. wow. So how often does, do things update? Is it year? I mean, is it yearly that you have to like learn new, um, I would not new products, but uh, we have new take, regulations can, and oh, oh well, my gosh, it, you have to stay. You have to take um, eighteen to twenty-four um, CPE credit. I mean, CE credits a year, and I take more sometimes because I love the knowledge. I want to know. I don't want you to ask me a question, and I didn't even know that that was a new law. Mm -hmm. But I do tell a lot of people are like, "Oh, the president's talking about this. What do you think about that?" I don't even start studying it. Or even until it's it in something. my head, until it is actually a something's been signed into law. Oh, okay, exactly, yeah. because then you're you, you know you're giving out advice that you hasn't because, even happened yet. Well, a lot of those guys, I mean, they're, they're just talking to talk. I'm sorry, I'm going to say that when it comes, <laughs> I don't care who you're for. Those guys just yep, yep, yep. But yeah. what it, the reality is, what is actually passed, what is actually right. And Good. I and I know I think a lot of the from what I've understood in the last few years, a lot of it change when Obamacare came online that was what really made a lot of the changes and then I know I think with President Trump it's there's a lot of the the individual write-offs 
The how Tax that's, Cuts and Jobs Act, that was Trump, and that was a big one. Yeah, yeah. there was a lot of, I think, as I understood the stuff that you could write off before, you couldn't, and vice versa. It was really, it really changed a lot, and I think on the individual, did, did you see that more of an effect on like the individual single f- returns? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the TCJA affected a lot of our individual filers, and that's the Tax Cut Job Act. It did affect businesses, but it mostly affected individual filers because your standard deduction changed. You couldn't claim exemptions for children anymore. You still got the credit, but you didn't get the ex- actual exemption amount like of $3,200 that you could deduct. They just mm-hmm. gave you... Now you get a $2,000 child tax credit or a $500 other dependent credit. That $500 other dependent credit is what the $3,200 gave you if you claimed a child. So a lot of people probably file a simple return thinking, how about, let me rephrase this. If you, okay, so probably a lot of people file a simple return. If they have dependents, do you think it is worth having somebody people think that their returns are simple. I don't, I'm not writing this off. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. Talking about what you had just mentioned. Do you think it's worthy of people to come uh, to somebody that is, knows what they're doing, if, even if they have a simple return? Absolutely. Make sure that they're getting all their deductions and money back. Absolutely, because there's education credits that they don't know that they could qualify for. There's a savers credit, like if you invest into a traditional IRA or a 401k with your job or even a Roth IRA, there's a savers credit out there and people don't know about that. So there, um, a lot of times if you key in the information into TurboTax, I don't like that word, but TurboTax. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you key in the information off of your W-2 and you have a 401k, and you key that box in, a lot of taxpayers will miss it. But if you key it in, it's automatically going to give you that savers credit. But if they invest into a traditional IRA, just, you know, they go to Edward Jones and, you know, invest with him or a Roth IRA, they're not going to know to go to the traditional IRA section and take that savers credit, you know, deduction, or maybe even put down where to even put the contribution. So, yeah. And and some taxpayers will know that, so I'm not knocking anybody who does do their own taxes, but there's just a lot of things out there that we see every day and we get every day, yeah. and it's second nature to us. Yeah, and, and I, I think that was kind of more what I meant, I mean, because there's probably stuff maybe available to people, uh, maybe there's a way that they get a bigger return, and I suppose you start getting the where you're tracking mileage or you're at any level of... You're doing your own work, working for yourself. Expenses. There's probably, yeah, there's probably all sorts of stuff that, as much as the law has changed, that it may be, I can do this on my own. It may be worth, no, sit down with somebody that's experienced, has been doing this for a lot of years, an opportunity yeah. to go back. Let's take a look at this. What can we do to help you and get you in the right direction? It's worth the investment. Well, there's also some ways that a taxpayer can do their own tax return and get a ginormous refund. And they'll come to us and go, well, I put that in a TurboTax and I got $7,000 refund. Why am I only getting four? Well, because you can't claim your cousin for earned income credit. Why not? (laughs) (laughs) A cousin's not a qualifying relative. But if you were doing your own tax return, wouldn't you think a cousin would be a qualifying relative? But they're not. Um, I wouldn't know. I, I was going to say, I, was I, was gonna say, I would be a child. But. <laughs> the IRS might flag that. They gave you your refund, and then they're going to yeah. flag it. Oh, okay, that wasn't a qualifying relative, so now they're, they're going to want it back with penalties and interest. So sometimes, yeah, you did get a higher refund using TurboTax, but did you do that right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of, like, a boyfriend and girlfriend are living together, and the boyfriend is, uh, you know, they have 
his girlfriend has two kids that aren't his kids, but he's supporting them. She's a stay-at-home mom, but they're not his kids. He claims head of household and puts that they're his stepchildren. He just got, you know, earned income credit if his income was low enough. So, and mm-hmm. he might not have been trying to do anything fraud, you know, you, you know, by committing fraud. He just thought, hey, I support them. It's my girlfriend's kids. They're my stepkids, but they're not married. So there's a lot. Of, they can interpret the the tax law any way they want, but it could but it could be wrong. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. All right. Um, how early do you start taking um, clients for like the next year to start prepping taxes? Um, to start at least to start scheduling appointments, maybe not start January fifteenth. We don't we don't um, start accepting appointments till after January fifteenth. But you can go ahead and start calling in and making your appointment. Okay. We take January first to January fifteenth to get all of our W twos and um 1099s out and things okay. like that and do you prefer people to call in stop in use your website like what what's the best way to get a hold of um, you call we call we would like people to call okay how many clients you up to now we do a three thousand plus a year <laughs> wow. you said the 75 was like hard girl <laughs> three thousand plus i know wow i know it's a wow. tax season if my hair's not done and you might see me in the same outfit <laughs> you know why <laughs> yeah how many people you? It's how many people time. you have working for you? Um, we have. I have to count them on my fingers here. Mm-hmm. Um, seven, me. We have about eight full-time preparers during tax season, and, and two to three virtual preparers. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, you've been successful though. That's <laughs> yeah, the good it's, thing. It's but amazing. Holy yeah. cats! I know. Some days I wake up and I'm like, oh, I can't believe we're here. Aww. It's but. I'm very thankful and blessed. This has been a great community. Yeah, you've worked really hard for it too. Yeah, working for a long time. Yeah, yes. Yeah. I was doing taxes when you were running around. My I know. House. I was trying to picture the house. <laughs> <laughs> I knew Jessica when she was a little girl in pigtails. Sometimes she still wears pigtails. She still is today. <laughs> <laughs> we go back for sure. Yes, we do. We do. Yeah. Well, is there anything else you want to share with us or any other projects or anything, uh, any shout-outs to anybody? I think we've covered it all. Yeah, you did great. Keep howling at the moon, Wolfpack. This has been the Digital Wolf Podcast. Stay tuned for another episode and be sure to pick up the latest edition of Digital Wolf Magazine online at digitalwolfnetwork.com. Thank you.